Today on The Biker and the Rabbi, we explore part two of our five-part series about Joseph and what can be learned from studying his life and challenges. Now, here's The Biker. Welcome back. Imagine a world where you create your own reality. That's not meant to be a pun, but you get the idea. Each of us falls into that lane every once in a while, and some of us, well, more than others. But imagine creating a world that exists solely for you. A world you create in your mind. This world may or may not touch upon the reality you're experiencing. This is a world of dreams, which can be either amazing, allowing you to reach the stars, or terrible because it distracts you from living your life. Here's a guy who does this all the time. Um, excuse me, sir? Sir? Hello? Please return to our planet now. Uh, uh, what? Uh, so, uh, sorry. <coughs> I was, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Far, far away, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, what's your name, sir? Mitty. Uh, Walter Mitty. Well, hi, Walter. I understand you create a dream world for yourself constantly. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Well... How about an example? Well, one time I was driving with the family to Connecticut for a vacation, and I dreamed I was a fighter pilot. A fighter pilot? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wasn't that a little bit tough on the other cars? Well, not to mention my family. I was telling them to bail out! That's our left engine on fire, and we're not going to make it back to the base! It was, uh, it was intense. Mm. Walter, just a quick suggestion. Mm. I'd steer clear of caffeinated drinks if I were you. And then there was the time I was in the office, and I overheard an argument between one of the supervisors and an administrative assistant. He yelled at her, and he made her feel really bad. Okay, so what did you do? Well, nothing. <laughs> but in my mind, I created this world where I was one of the knights of King Arthur's Round Table. The girl was being held captive in a tower guarded by a fire-breathing dragon. Yow! Wow! Hey! That was a good shirt, too. Sorry. <clears throat> my stories get a little aggressive sometimes. Yeah, thanks. I'll, uh... I'll keep that in mind for next time. So, of course, using a combination of guile and strength, I was able to slay the dragon and save the damsel in distress. Yup, uh-huh. You got me, Pally. You got me. I'm a done-for dragon. <laughs> for which she was most appreciative, and we rode off into the sunset together. Walter, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. <laughs> Never happened except in my mind. So to escape reality, your dreams make you feel better. That's about the size of it, yep. But that didn't really help the girl, um, nor did the one where you were a fighter pilot do much for anybody at all. You don't have to rub it in, you know. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to make a point. Today we're going to dive a little deeper into the idea of dreams and how they affect our reality. Avoidance, denial, and a slew of unhealthy emotional responses occur when we cut off our inner essence. You know, our heart, so to speak, from the experience as part of life. So, no more dreams? No, 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 no. They're okay. Even powerful in their place. And we're going to explore that a little. But some people, Walter, just live for the dream and not how to create the reality from it. That's where it gets tricky. Stick around. Let's dive into this a little further. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. Welcome back to The Biker and the Rabbi. I'm The Biker. So, let's pick up where we were just leaving off with Walter. We truly want to and actually need to dream. But it's hard to see how dreams can impact our lives in a truly positive way. Well, like our friend Walter, it's so easy to dream and escape. 
It's an interesting dilemma, isn't it, Rabbi Halper? Well, Mark, Joseph's life and personality definitely offers us some insights. Okay, can we talk first about balancing dreams with reality? In a sense, we deal with this all day, every day. So we're all a bunch of Walter Mitties walking around with their heads in the clouds? I mean, I know some pretty grounded people. Not that I'm one of them or anything. <laughs> okay, okay, I get you. So let's back up a second. To start with, we often erect this barrier between the life we know that we're capable of living and the life we actually live. That's because the disappointment, the failures, all add to a terrible disconnect. This state of depression, no matter how subtle, is a micro-death of sorts. Whoa, a micro-death? What does that mean? A part of us, the part of our true self, the part that hopes, dreams, and yearns, withers and dies away. But we aren't consciously aware of it. We aren't living it. We give in to the negative in our dreams, rather than helping us succeed, get us trapped in this mental rut where we lose ourselves to a world that's not anything like what or who we really are. Walter Mitty is not a fighter pilot. So why do we let that happen? Because somehow we haven't developed the inner power that indeed exists. Inside each of us, we have the power to achieve, to become the great human being we're capable of being. And that requires that we dream, but properly. Uh, okay, you lost me. <laughs> Look at it from this perspective. Failure, for example, is a lesson we're being taught. It's not a negative, although it seems that way when we really want something important. Failure, Mark, is a lesson. A lesson about what? About growth. The success we wanted is either not right for us or not ours to have at this time. So how is inner power linked to the dreams versus reality idea? We have the power to be living in true reality, not the pseudo-reality we've created for ourselves. Dreams reawaken the real me. You mean the one that's being hidden or buried? Right. And as we slowly embrace the reality, our present state, as well as our potential, we begin to truly live. So the dreams, the healthy type, instead of putting us to sleep, actually wake us up? <laughs> this is easier said than done. Take Yosef. His dream was his brothers would bow to him. That became his reality. And by the way, they were all none too pleased to hear about that at the time. So be careful when trying this with others. The real work is actually with yourself. Okay, okay. But that sounds like we have to give up our dreams for more because we need to be realistic. After all, no one wants to be like our friend Walter. Hey, I have feelings too, you know. Yeah, sorry about that, Walter. Nothing personal. No, we must dream for more. And that's exactly the next step. The next step? How's that? Let's observe. Joseph was a dreamer, like many of us. Only his dream of greatness and leadership actually came to fruition. Because? Because he was brutally honest about accepting his reality. This led him to a deep, faith-based sense of where he was at the very moment in time. Well, well, brutally honest meaning he saw the events of being sold into slavery, accused of sexual misconduct by a powerful woman, and jailed in a dungeon with little hope for redemption as a path? A journey? I mean, you know, all that would depress a lot of us. But he believed deeply and firmly that his dreams would come true. You know why? That's because his dreams were rooted in reality. And that's why they helped him discover what his true capabilities were. 
He knew he had leadership flowing through his veins. Dreams helped him see where he needed to go. That is the basis of healthy dreams. Yeah, but that's not easy, Rabbi. You just can't flip a switch and do that. Of course not. Joseph was a great man, but the lesson is one every person can grasp. Stop and listen to the quiet voice of inner power and potential within. Uh, so how can dreams empower us to do all that? Dreams shouldn't contradict reality. They should expand it, not as a fantasy, but as a dream of expressing our truest essence. So Yosef saw that he would rise above it all, although he really wasn't sure how. He just knew he could. And that gave him the courage to face his most trying moments. Well, that's because he wasn't limited by the moment. He saw, he dreamed way beyond it to a better tomorrow. Right. That's a better place than living in avoidance, which doesn't give you true dreams, but merely an escape from reality. Expand on this idea just a bit. Sure. The capitalists taught that we each have a dream, a secret yearning to be king or queen. Our deeper self is rooted beyond the superficial reality. Even mine? Yes, Mark. The dreamer, however, faces two challenges. First, uncovering his or her inner essence, that latent greatness, which is hidden by the busyness of life and the incessant chatter of the ego. Second, we have little idea how to translate it to the real world. Well, that's huge. That's where Joseph's lesson really teaches us we need to stay strong. Correct. When we properly dream, we briefly see our mission for which we and only we are suited Joseph believed in himself. His dreams were able to transform his great potential into a great reality. And everyone can do the same. That's incredible. You want to sum things up for us? Sure. So a person needs to start with reality. Their dreams need to be based on true facts of what they're really capable of. And then they can really see into the future what the person that they can be looks like. Slowly, one step at a time, they can become the great person they're destined to be. Maybe you should ask someone. Wow, that's a lot to think about, but it sure shows how Torah logic can help hold a mirror up to your life and help you gently, on your own pace, correct behavior that, well, sometimes becomes habits we need to change. How about we dig into some voicemails, Rabbi? I'm ready. This first voicemail comes from Beth. You talk about how we should always strive to be better. I understand that. But what if I'm happy in the place that I'm at and I want to stay there? I worked hard to get here and it works for me. Okay. Challenge accepted. Rabbi? Well, you know, they say if you're not going up in life, you're going down. It's all about at least a consistent, if not slow growth, but keep the needle turning, keep moving forward in life. It's the key to being happy. It's the key to being satisfied. It's the key to success. Beth, I'm, I'm sorry. No cookie cutter solutions here, but a great question. And I hope that helped. Okay, next up is Robert. I have trouble with the whole observance thing. I feel Jewish. I identify with Jews. But I always have trouble making sense of observing holidays and traditions. What if I'm just happy identifying as Jewish without all the rest? Robert, pick one thing that you're curious about. Something, you know, you wondered, thought maybe you'd learn more about. Or something that you're passionate about. What are you passionate about in terms of your Judaism? Study more about it, talk more about it, think more about it, dig into it. The growth will happen of its own accord. Take a step and learn more. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. Two great questions, and I hope you'll send yours in very, very soon. Now that about wraps up another podcast. 
It's great to have you with us, and we'd like to request two things from you. First, if you like these, please pass them on to friends and anyone else you think might enjoy the content. Second, if you have questions you'd like answered, or you just want to learn more, reach out to our recorded line at 303-820-2855. Because of time, we can only choose two or three to read on the air, but Colel Rabbis will be happy to answer any question these podcasts might bring up. As always, a huge thanks to the Denver Colel for their support and access to their resources. If you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denvercolel.org. Colel spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. On our next podcast, we'll tackle another aspect in the life of Yosef and how its life lessons really do resonate today. Please join us. I'm Mark, the biker. For the rabbi, Rabbi Halpern, thank you and God bless.